Welcome to the Small Town Wealth Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Small Town Wealth Podcast. This is episode five. Today's host is Brian Martin. This is a nostalgic interview for David and I because of the impact Brian has on our city. We've heard his voice on the radio for as long as we can remember, and there's something to be said for that. Brian is the host of the Sunrise Show on 105.7 Sun FM, which is our premier local radio station. He has been part of this station for many years, sticking with it through ownership shifts and the many changes that have taken place over the years with regards to the broadcasting industry. Brian's role has shifted greatly within the radio station, and he has picked up valuable lessons along the way. He has seen the medium of communication change in rapid ways and has always worked hard to bridge the gaps, learn his new roles, and excel within them. Brian is without a doubt one of the most active community members we know, providing a voice to various charities and initiatives that help the community we live in. He has an obvious passion for helping others, and it shows in the work that he does. He is a family man and enjoys spending quality time with his partner and his kids. He is also an avid community theatre participant, fusing his passions of positive influence and genuine service in the process. This is a fun one, so without further ado, here's our conversation with Brian Martin. Thank you very much for coming on, Brian. Really appreciate it. Uh, this is the this is our podcast, Small Town Wealth, and we had you targeted from the very beginning because we've heard your voice since we were very, very young, probably since me and David were, you know, pretty much diapers. So back when I was still uh, wetting the bed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's nice. That's a nice <laughs> image. Thank you. Yeah, so I was going to talk about me wearing adult diapers, but we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, on the next episode. Anyway, I'm much older than you guys. That's what you wanted to establish. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, you're you're an influencer in the community, and that's why we wanted you on. Like, you're the kind of the voice of the community. Sun FM um, has always been in our cars, in our households, and everything. And so we really that's why we brought you on here because you're an influencer, and that's essentially why we have you. So well, super happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just feel like I know you so well. I mean. Obviously, we've connected more in the in the past few months, but even just like growing up with you, with the impossible question and everything like that, I just I feel like I know you so well because I've heard your voice, like Shelby said, almost every morning since I was in elementary school. So, no, it's really great to have you on. So, why don't you start from the beginning? Tell us a little bit a bit about yourself, those that don't know you, and yeah, start from wherever you want. I'm from Regina, Saskatchewan. Really? Have you heard of that place? Actually, most of our guests are from Saskatchewan. Yeah, it's actually kind of a funny thing. It's pretty interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Hopefully, you'll branch out from here. Exactly. Get some other people. Does everybody in Canada just start in Saskatchewan? Is that where we're like born out of eggs or something like that? And then we just (laughs) split out to the other parts of the world. You ready for a fun fact about Saskatchewan? So, in about 1920, the population of Saskatchewan was a million people. And the population now is about a million people. Just gives you an idea. Really? Everybody leaves. So, I mean, people come back, but yeah. More moral of the story is lots to see in Saskatchewan, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, lots yeah. To see. yeah. It's booming now, or it was, but um, is yeah. that industry driven? Um, Saskatoon is very technology driven. Uh, okay. Regina was always the government town, so it has all the all the government jobs. Um, but then oil, potash, has been really fueling the economy. Gotcha. Yeah. So you grew up there, like you were born there and grew, grew up, up there. in Regina, went to uh, the University of Regina for a, I did a history degree. Okay. And then after that, went to uh, like a trade school for broadcasting. Why did you go to for a history degree? Just out of curiosity. 
Well, David, uh, the way it works is that you're in university and then you have to pick a major. <laughs> yeah, for th- for those that so, don't know and you're listening first time, Brian is speaking in a condescending manner because no, I, no. didn't, no, no, I didn't no. graduate high school. No, 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 no I'm just kidding. I'm no, just kidding. No. Um, no, I just had to pick a major at some point in time. Right. I was an English major for one semester and then I quickly switched to history and then I just wanted to do a degree. There's a, the University of Regina has a journalism program cool. and you have to have a degree to get into it. Um, it's the only... Uh, university in Western Canada that has a degree program for journalism. So I somehow managed to get into that program and then I dropped out. And so there was a lot of, you know, thousands of people apply. I somehow got in and then I dropped out and just did a certificate program. Well, I feel a little bit better now that you dropped out. (laughs) Welcome welcome to the club. But I do have my history degree. Yeah, so. Gotcha. And so where did you go from there? Obviously, you're not a historian, so. No, I worked in radio in, in Saskatoon. Um, for three or four years and then went to a very small town called Rosetown, Saskatchewan. Population like maybe. Yeah, roughly. Honestly, Rosetown just sounds like a small town (laughs) in Saskatchewan. (laughs) Um, So I was there for about six months and then a job came up in Vernon. So I came here. Vernon of all places, eh? Like you didn't go to someplace bigger, just Vernon. Yeah, Vernon. Um, and then I've had a lot of job offers in bigger centers, but uh, generally the way it works in radio is you need to move to you know, get better jobs. You can't stay in the same place. Uh, what tends to happen, though, is once you move to the Okanagan, unless you're born here, you don't want to leave. <laughs> I find that people that are born here want to get out. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you come here uh, as an adult or, or start having kids and stuff, you just don't want to go. It's just a great place to live. So, so was that job offer that you got? Was that Sun FM? Uh, it was called Mix One Hundred and Five at the time. Mix One Hundred and Five. Uh, and was it, it still so, what we know now as Sun FM? Or was it was it basically the same. Company? Yeah, it was okay. owned by a different company. Um, I've. Uh, it sounds funny, but we've the radio station has been owned by I believe six different companies. Since I've worked there. It's changed hands quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And now it's Bell or Jim Pattison? No, it's Bell. It is Bell. Bell, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, so we're Canada's largest broadcast company. Wow. I think it's 92 radio stations, something like that. 92 radio stations. Country. So like, when did like iHeartRadio kind of come in to like, kind of expand all this aspect? Um, that was just a branding thing. Um, iHeart is a huge radio company in the United States. So they don't technically own us. We're just using their brand okay, um, as a way of marketing ourselves, especially with the app, gotcha. which is, I think we're going to get into that later, maybe the, the, the direction radio is going in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, it's great to have a brand like iHeartRadio. I mean, obviously, I mean, we can package it with all the stuff that they're doing in the U.S. for iHeartRadio. We're also doing iHeartRadio concerts in Canada too. Cool. I think we're actually going to... Uh, put the podcast on iHeartRadio as well. It's a it's a great platform for that. Mm-hmm. It's just all encompassing. It's 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 really cool to have that. Yeah. So how has radio changed since you've been in it? From like your very first day, how have you seen it morph over the years? Oh my goodness! You know, like go go as far back as you want, and and we want to hear um, all of that because I think there's a lot to be learned from from the beginning stages that you went through, and then all the way up until what's happening now. Okay. Um. So the, it, things changed very quickly. When I got in radio, it was very, um, we were still playing records. 
um, the music was all on records or uh, what they called um, carts, which were, you guys probably don't even know what an eight track looks like, but. I actually don't. I think I was like right <laughs> after that. Yeah, eight tracks were, were a music format in the it's 1970s. This is the first time hearing of this. Yeah, so radio <laughs> um, used it, uh, but unlike an eight track, it was just a, a continuous loop of tape. And it right. was in a cartridge format, so it was easy to play, and you would just plunk it into machines. So once it played through, it would go back to the beginning, so you didn't have to rewind it or anything. Okay. So music was all on that or records. So it was queuing up records. Um, all your production, all your commercials were recorded on tape, and so you were splicing tape with razor blades, like if you had to do an edit, uh, recording on four tracks so you could have the music underneath, just like a recording studio, right? You're These, serious, with razor blades? We'd cut tape with razor Dead blades, series. yeah. They used to do that with music, too, the, when they were recording music. But um, So it went from that and then very rapidly changed. Like within the course of probably the first station I was at, um, I was there for six months, and then we, we started using computers for on-air platform and everything, and then everything was different. Like all the music was – well, we went through a brief period where there was CDs, but very quickly everything was on – computers around which year was this in um, when the most rapid of changes happened about 90 94 95 okay right around there um just a huge change in some music was on computer some was on cd and then eventually cds were gone completely what was the form of it when it was on the computer was it through like things like limewire or what was it no, um, I'll show you next time you're at the radio station, David. Or you can come down too, Shelby. Absolutely. Oh, thank I'll you. I'll let you. Thanks for including you can me. come on a tour with your class. <laughs> you have to bring coffee, though. That's the, uh, yes. that's, that's the rule. Or yeah. food. Yes, coffee or food. Yeah. Coffee. Maybe from the sprouted fig. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> um, they would, uh, it's just all, I mean, we're, we're playing things in wave format now, um, but it involves like huge, huge amounts of memory, obviously. Um, right. Before that, systems were, you know, it would be MP3 format, I guess. But it's just one element after another in order. So a song will play, and then another song can play. You can play a commercial. Um, you can move them all around. It's all touchscreen, Windows-based. So how active are you in this process? And did you, always, did you start as a host, or did you mm -hmm. start kind of as a technician in the mailroom and work your way up kind of thing? No, started as a host. Um, you, you rarely see it now, but in in those days when I started, um, radio stations were twenty four hours with a live body. Really? There, yeah. The same person? No, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, you didn't have to work twenty four hour shifts, well, but you would start it, start working like like midnight till five in the morning would okay. be your shift, right? Okay. Because someone had to be there to play everything. Uh, but now with computers, I mean, we can just walk away. Yeah, you just let it let it run through. Just the night runs, right? Then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. So you can even record. Yeah, you can record your voice in there, so it sounds like someone's there if you want. Interesting. So at the like at the beginning when you first started out, obviously you were a host. So how has that changed? I guess, uh, I guess from being so active in it, were you having to be the one that was actually putting the tapes and everything, or did you have like assistants or interns or stuff like that to do the technical side, and you were just in charge of the hosting? Uh, always um, was doing everything. Really? I mean, it was so much more involved then. Like, you used to have to, before you started your shift, you have to pull all the commercials for your whole day. And they were all on carts or whatever, or all your music. And so you'd have these stacks of music. So the commercials were almost, like, physical. 
It yes. was like the, the, to play them was actually physical. Every it's not just commercial. like going to a computer yeah. where, you know, you got this this wave file of, of you know, the commercial. You actually had them in carts. Mm-hmm. That's a different time. Man. Oh, I would so have it, been that person. Sorry to cut you off there. I would have totally been that person that would have made my uh, made my cassette, made my commercial, and just kind of like snuck it in there when I brought Brian a coffee or something. Yeah, just that's like probably sne- how the sne- bribing sne- went. <laughs> now you probably could have done that. Uh, so yeah, everything was on paper, and then you would just put it in order, and then have to make sure everything played. Different times. So how has it morphed in the last ten years? Because obviously the world is changing at a different kind of a rapid pace. Mm-hmm. So what is it like to be a host now, I guess? Well, now, I mean, there's more. Uh, I mean, you can focus more. If you're doing a morning show, it's it's not as busy in terms of that side of things. But you are now having to look after social media feeds, um, keeping up with that. Um, honestly, um, I, I have a phone addiction. So right. I will be on my phone. And in this day and age, I don't know if you guys notice this, but if people send you a text... Or if people, they don't care if you're working. They expect a response immediately. So <laughs> yeah. I'll have my children texting me or friends texting me. or even get people texting me answers to the impossible question, you know. And then I'm responding to them and I'm doing things on social media. There's email and stuff. Things that we didn't have to worry about in the day when we were having to get all music together and all that stuff. So it's not necessarily less work. It's just a different type of work. It's different yeah. type of multitasking. So... Question for you then, because I'm also glued to my phone. Would you rather be walking on the street and have somebody physically harm you, maybe mug you or hurt you, rather than lose your phone? That's a tough question. <laughs> that is a tough question. Because <laughs> personally, like I would rather I would rather be jumped in the street, beat to almost death, than lose my phone. Like the ultimate fear of yours would be to be beat. No, and then the, have your phone ultimate stolen. Fear. Ultimate fear. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you would be no ulti- further ulti- ahead. Ultimate fear is shark attack. Oh, okay. No, I'm and just talking. Your you're, you're walking around in Vernon. <laughs> yes, and I get the idea. Car pulls up. Yeah. I think. I think and I'll they pass. Don't take my phone. Okay. I'm how badly beaten am I? <laughs> um, you know, a few black eyes. You can, you can still walk. Okay. Maybe, you know, maybe broken bone, but nothing. Do, nothing. Too do I get my phone back eventually? Well, they never took your phone. They just. That's what I'm saying. They beat you, but they didn't take your phone. So would you rather be beaten with a phone or would you rather <laughs> be not beaten? With I'll take a... my phone being taken. I don't want to be you... beaten up today. No. No? Are you going to beat me up, David? No. no okay, I'm new question. Beat. So basically David has a serious phone addiction. He, even yes. more of an addiction that you have established. So we've got that out of the way and the conversation has morphed greatly. Um, okay, so I, I still want to know what the changes have been in the last 10 years. Those the the... The difference is, like, we know what you do, but how did that change? And, like, were, were there difficulties and were there staffing issues? And, you know, what are all the changes that came along in this last 10 years? Um, corporately, uh, I don't know if you guys know much about, um, like, big companies, but the radio station, except for when it was first started, has always been owned by these huge companies. So generally, a, a big company will um, either be in a process of buying or, or selling uh, and so, I mean, we would always know there would suddenly be all these cutbacks, right? People would start losing their jobs across the country. Interesting. And then, and then they would get their costs down and, and then sell, right? And then we'd be owned by a new company. I'm not allowed to tap. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Is that annoying? It's bad for listener sound quality. <laughs> Sorry. David, tie my hands behind my back. Um, Gladly. So um, the... The whole structure is is this like 
you know, that I don't want to say you're in a cycle of fear because I've been through it so many times. But, right. you know, it just radio in general was always a, an industry where you your job was never secure. I mean, I went through it in Saskatoon. We were bought out by a new company and everybody lost their jobs, like everybody, like not just the on-air staff, but every single person in the radio station lost their jobs, um, which is horrible. Um, they don't generally do that anymore. It's not like when you're taken over that they fire everybody, but they just hollow out the entire workforce sometimes. Yeah. They'll just like really make huge cuts. We were owned by a company in Vernon here and they, they cut the station down to, I think there was like maybe like four people in the building at one point. Is there any way to make yourself more valuable in those situations? Like obviously you were one of, obviously you were one of the hosts, but is Mm -hmm. there any way for anybody else to make themselves valuable in that situation so they don't get cut? I mean, well, I think if you have more skills, uh, the better. I mean, in working in a small town like this, you have to do everything. I can't say, well, I'm just the morning host, you know, and I finish the morning show and I take off and it's a day of leisure. But, um, you know, I, I can do a ton of things. I can do production if I need. When I started at the station, I was also the I was the morning show host and producer, so I was making all the commercials. Right. Um, that's another big change. Uh, they were owned by this big company. We have like we we call it jokingly the mothership in Kelowna. Right. So that is the hub of, and then there's a number of stations that that rely on Kelowna for their production. So all the commercials are produced in Kelowna. So my voice can be recorded in Vernon, and then I just email my voice part to Kelowna. They'll produce a commercial, and those commercials can run all over any one of our stations in the Okanagan or or elsewhere if they want to. So uh, a lot of things that used to be done in the Vernon market are now being done in Kelowna. Okay, so they've kind of consolidated. Mm -hmm. That's probably a move in efficiency, correct? Yes. Okay. Keep, Keep costs down. So now, like, with those commercials that you're recording and things like that, I've, I've noticed that a lot of the times you are, um, you do these on-site kind of, uh, on-site kind of recording. Like remote broadcasts? Like that, yeah. remote broadcasts. Like, for example, you were, were you at the, um, the Jugo Juice opening in the mall? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you were at that one. You're often at Andre's. Are you there the entire time? Like, when you're speaking, are you live? Or are you basically, like... Are you live or are yeah, you? Yeah, no, I'm live when you're, I'm. You're live yeah. the entire time? Or Remote broadcast like, is live, yeah. Okay, okay. So you're not like recording those and then leaving and then maybe like no. having those play. We could do that if we wanted to, okay. um, but we don't. Yeah, generally, if you're there. So somebody, you're there. so okay. when somebody hears you like live at the radio, they're like, oh, Brian's yeah. there. So if you want to walk by there. and punch me in the stomach, which is something you apparently want but to not, do. But not steal your phone. <laughs> yeah. Not, not steal yeah, Don't touch phone. my phone. Just punch me. <laughs> couple of black eyes you can do that live on the radio bye bye brian here's your food <laughs> to recover from this <laughs> this is too much fun this is this is a little bit too much fun okay so now on to like some happier things i want to go back a little bit more because obviously like you've been um you've got this charisma about you you've got this uh this this passion this this good this good skill of speaking and, and being a good people person in my opinion so what was it like growing up with your parents? Is that something that you learned from them? Is that something that you had to learn on your own or just something you were born with? That's a good question, David. Um, believe it or not, painfully shy as a child. Uh, parents were not performers or, or actors or anything like that. Uh, I had somebody when I was in high school uh, say to me, you have a nice voice, you should be a broadcaster. And so in the back of my mind, I thought, well, maybe that's something I'll do one day. And then I went to university and obviously thought that I would do something with that and then 
but we'll give it a shot. But it's it's only now that I'm really comfortable uh, getting up in front of people or like I'm fine in one on one conversation. Um, and now I'm fine. If you put a mic in front of me in a large crowd, I'm great. But it was, in, never used to be that way. No, right. uh, like I would lose sleep over having Interesting. to yeah, Interesting. do anything. So- was that now is that like some sort of insecurity that you had to overcome was it like was it from your parents was it from you know how how you were in school how much time it? do you have here david <laughs> this is like we got to dig my deep deep, man. deep psyche here um we're going from beating the crap out of you to dr phil and oprah style so <laughs> yeah i think it's it's more um uh, generally performers if you look at all performers they have really low self-esteem right Okay. Um, so you go into performing, and then you get your self-esteem from people saying, "Oh, you're so good." Oh, I heard you on the radio today, David. You sound so good, David. Yeah. And then you think, "I'm good," you know. Um, but really, you have low self-esteem. Um, so I mean, I shouldn't say every performer is like that, and I know a lot of radio hosts that have huge egos. Um, but for the most part, they're generally quite shy people, as are most actors. You know, quite shy. Um, and just enjoy doing what they do. And, and if I can be a character, like I, I often say, I'm, I'm Brian or I'm Brian on the radio. Like there's a real Brian and then there's Brian on the radio. Oh, he talks like this. <laughs> um, but it's like two different, like you can create a character for yourself. So you can kind of take on those situations where you're in front of a thousand people and having to speak. Um, whereas before I would have like lost like seven days of sleep. Now I can just get up and do it. So maybe it is like I've created a character for myself. Maybe it's just doing it so many times. Now for me, performing, like singing or acting, is nerve-wracking for me, where I lose sleep and I get so nervous about it. And maybe that'll get better over time. But Brian, you're so good. You're amazing. It's so good. <gasps> Thanks, David. <laughs> so no, like that's that's kind of interesting. So you got to like almost create a separate character. So would yeah. you say I don't that... think I answered your question at all, but that was No, I, I think you did. No, that's like, good though. It, yeah. You almost you almost made it seem like basically the character that you are on the radio is this confident, outspoken person. Now, is the Brian that we don't see on the radio that we see day to day basically, is that the Brian that still has those kind of like shy roots or do you feel like your personality on the radio has kind of helped in your personal life as well? Um, I think I've evolved. I I mean, I think we all change as people like quite a bit. Um, Ten years ago, a very different person. I was still pretty shy. I am still pretty shy. If you you put me in a room like at a house party, say, uh, a gathering, I'm not that person that walks in and goes, Hey, (laughs) look at me, I'm here! You know? Right. That's not me. I, I'm, I'm more going to the corner and just like if I can find one person to talk to, that's more. That's my that's my style as well. <laughs> like that's where me and David differ in our, our networking talents. You know, David's the type to go to more of the big gatherings. He can really connect with people on that level. The roots are there. But for, for me, I'm like, David, just just tell me one or two people I can connect with. I'll take them to coffee and I'll deepen ah, that relationship. Yes. So and that was kind of interesting for me too because uh, we met – probably a few months ago through the gym and then David and I started this podcast and I was like, we got to have Brian Martin on here because he's, he's, he's so community minded and everything like that. And I took you to coffee and it was like this totally different person, but not in a, and I don't mean that in a negative no. way. I mean, I mean in a positive way. And it was very eye opening for me because it really, it really shows that we do put on masks 
in our day-to-day lives, mm-hmm. we have to, we have to morph to the situation that presents itself. So that sounds sort of like what you have to do in order to be effective in your job, correct? Yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, you, I, if I went into work, um, because I start super early, if I went into work every day and was just like, you know, on the radio, like I'm feeling, it would be like a lot of like, Ugh, I'm so tired. Like, can you imagine? Yeah. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Um, if you could be that real. <laughs> and, and, and that was Sarah McLaughlin yeah. with the arms of the angel. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, showing real emotion is great to connect with people. Yeah. Um, if you're really trying to connect with someone, there's no better way than with emotion. So whether that be making them laugh or you can make them cry. I mean, we'll be doing things like our Radiothon, which we do every year, raising money for the Women's and Children's Health Services Unit at the hospital. Um, people come on and they'll share their stories like of what their experiences at the hospital and stuff like and there's often it's like very emotional stuff and I'll just be like bawling right so that's a that's amazing to connect with people right um, but at the same time you can make them laugh uh, as long as you're connecting with people that's the best thing if I was just like you know joke 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 you know that's not gonna work right yeah and you gotta you gotta pick your moments right like mm-hmm. you can't obviously in in those sad moments you can't chuck in a joke right you you have to be present you got to be listening and really empathetic in those in those moments and i think that's where uh i think that's where the charisma and the uh the best radio show hosts really show their talent is they they know when to pick their moments yeah and you're yeah, one that's of good them point. oh thank you i like i don't want to say that i'm a completely different person on the radio than i am in real life it's this no it, it's, it's not an it, amplified version i guess yeah same voice, different I will, personality. I will say one of the weirdest <laughs> things from meeting Brian in person was seeing a face. Yeah, that voice. was weird for me all, too. Because all I know is the voice, right? So when when I see like an actual human being and a face with the same voice, it's like it's kind of freaky at yeah. first. You didn't think I was this pretty? <laughs> yes, exactly. No, but even today when you came around the corner, I could hear you talking to Shelby and just like I was like, whoa that's Brian from the radio and you hear the voice and then you see the person and it's almost like you're almost like did our audio guy just put on Sun (laughs) FM like in the background like oh yeah we have Brian Martin as a host today and then is that when you wanted to punch me and give me two black eyes or take my phone yes it was after I I saw your face I got a good question yeah (laughs) so Brian let's go back to uh, younger shy Brian now what did he want to be when he grew up um, originally I wanted to write. I thought it would be neat to write for a, like a newspaper, um, or a magazine. Interesting. That's why the journalism school. When you do a bachelor's degree, there's nothing you can really do with it. So either you go on to like, like it's your undergrad degree. So you either go on, you can become a teacher, you like do a couple more years and become a teacher or do something. And so, uh, journalism was an option that I, something I could do with my degree. And I always thought that I would be a newspaper reporter. And then I started thinking about broadcasting. So that's where that went. Interesting. So there's like, there's a the few different forms of communication. It seems like you've always been a communicator in that way. Because there's the form of written communication, there's audio, and there's video. So mm-hmm. somehow you kind of like, you started wanting the written, and then you branched into audio. Have you ever dabbled in video at all? Have you ever done video m- much? Just, uh, I mean, in school, it was radio and television yep. that I went th- through. Um, never wanted to be on camera. You know, there's the, the you've got a face for radio. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we have to do stuff. I mean, and now, I mean, like, look how things have changed. Like, everybody is doing Facebook Live now. 
Everybody has an Instagram story. Everybody is Snapchatting. Everybody thinks that they are a star and they have their own broadcasting way of broadcasting it. You know, even if nobody's watching, they're doing it. Well, isn't, exactly. that, isn't that phenomenal though? Like, yeah, the, it's to be very able to, neat. To be able to just like <laughs> just go on any when of it's these gonna platforms. End. <laughs> It's it's not gonna end though. That's the thing. Like, let's talk about where let's talk about where it's going. It's just gonna expand more. Like, you, you think, think so? You think this is bad? Wait till people when VR comes out, people put on contact lenses in their bedroom and they don't come out for three months. How wow. about that? You're gonna be praying for the moments where your daughters were taking selfies, thirty of them, and then finally picking one that they want to post and then taking it down in five minutes when it doesn't get enough likes. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But you do that too, so like father likes yeah. like yeah. daughter likes exactly you know, father, right? Like so. daughter like father. <laughs> <laughs> Brian will yeah, take I a picture. I talk them all about the Brian, selfies. Brian will take a picture with his Big Mac and in uh, in McDonald's and right after the gym, and then you know he'll uh, he'll take it down when. Now I want a Big Mac. Thanks very much. That's no, okay. We'll be we'll be wrapped up here pretty soon. You'll go straight there. I hear they have bacon on the Big Mac. Yeah, Macs you can now, get a bacon hey? bacon on a Big Mac now. Yeah, Brian loves bacon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> back get to back topic. <laughs> um, yeah, video video is very interesting because it it exposes us, and we've talked about this in prior episodes as well. It really shows you exactly who you are, and it kind of forces you to remain authentic because it actually is if you're ever on camera like when i started doing video in my real estate career holy man i look so i, I look back at some of those videos and i'm like i was like scared just scared like you're just you're a totally different person and it's like you can't even connect with the fact that you're gonna be seen by hundreds potentially thousands of people mm -hmm. and as soon as i sponsored some of those posts it was like this has like a 5,000 person reach and it cost me $20 on Facebook advertising, which is insane. But the thing with, with video that is really neat is that it spreads like wildfire and people are catching on to it more and more. And I could be very wrong in this. Uh, I'm at the time when I started in real estate, I was the youngest person in the Remax brokerage. So I had gone to a couple conferences and all of these uh, big players in Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto, they were saying, you need to go into video. Video is going to be very important. So I started doing these awkward Facebook videos with these little market updates. And I was very surprised or just me in like an open house, like, Hey, I'm at this open house. Yeah. It's this many bedrooms, this many bathrooms for this price. Come on down and check it out. And Brian Martin's here. Brian Martin's here. <laughs> Look at he's eating a Big Mac and he doesn't have food. Okay. Bye, Brian. Um, yeah, but then all of a sudden I noticed as soon as other realtors in the office started to catch on to the fact that like what the reach was on these and the amount of comments I was getting, because it's not about the amount of likes on your post. Those are just for vanity's sake. Yeah. It's really about the interaction, the engagement that you get. All of a sudden there was four, five, six, ten realtors using video and it was like, oh man, now I have to evolve. Now I can't just make these little market updates because there's ten other realtors making market updates. It's it's insane. So where do you see your role changing into more of a video role? Um, I think it's being forced. I'm at an age. This is the this is the thing that I struggle with. Um, I mean, like so many people, I don't like change. Like it's difficult for me. So I mean, even when I we first had to start using computers, I, I know you guys are super young, but when you first had to start using computers at work, like it was just like, oh, it's the worst. I can't believe I have to do this, you know, and then uh, everything that changes is, is a struggle for me. Um, with, with all the Facebook Live and all the, you know, Instagram story and stuff, I think there's so much of it and there's so many people doing it poorly. 
Keep going. What happened? <laughs> the, the, light, light the lights are on. Goes the off, lights are so on okay. a motion sensor, so they go up. <laughs> I need to be moving more. Just so you folks know, this proves that this these episodes are truly unfiltered and unedited. Super scared. Continue, sir. I'm sorry. You don't. You don't like terrorist here. <laughs> Somebody gonna come this punch you in the stomach. Last moments were spent with you two. <laughs> wow, you say that like you're disappointed. I'm hurt, Brian. There's just so much of this um, of it done poorly. Like, will you, will you agree? Like, I mean, this is what bothers me with it. Like, um, I see so much great content but i mean so many people just doing stuff for the sake of doing it or thinking that they're good at it um and so it just to me it, it seems like i think we have to kind of like weed out see where it's gonna go totally yeah but i mean i can do it i can i once a week we deliver a coffee from from a, a different place other than the sprouted pig yeah. <laughs> what? what was that my my sense, brian was my covering david's were, ears there my, my so he couldn't tell and, there oh my um, so, I mean, we do stuff like that. And I can, I can do a video, like, really quick and try to make it mildly entertaining. Um, right. But, you know, is, is that going to be the future? Um, I look at other industries like newspaper, which is just unfortunately dying. So the, those people are, are strictly being forced, you know, to keep their jobs. They have to do videos, right? Um, that's the medium that they want them to do. Right. Um, it's the only way to stay alive exactly. with those companies. But even articles that are being posted through social media, I feel like, are still gaining traction because people still like the written. It's just about oh, yeah. how to deliver it. The the ways to communicate are never gonna are never gonna change. It's always gonna be the three ways. People like written, they like audio, like what we're doing with the podcast, or they like video. Yeah. So those are never gonna change. Just the platform that they're delivered through is gonna change. So it used to, audio used to be, you know, well it still is radio in your car, but now you've got SiriusXM. Now you've got mm. audio apps on your mobile phone. You've got Google Home, Alexa. Now with the written, instead of picking up a book or a newspaper physically, some people are actually opting to follow their favorite news provider on social media and, you know, read about their favorite post without any ads or anything just there and then interact and be able to comment with other people about it yeah right so i think those the the ways to communicate are never going to change which is why i think you're safe in that in that aspect i think we're all safe as long as we figure out which way we like to communicate the most which way we resonate the most then all we need to do is keep up to date with which platform is actually on top at that time where's the white space i'm just i'm just saying in terms of video i mean it's like like you were at a, a sales conference, right? And they tell you, video is the wave of the future. You gotta be making videos. And so now everybody's making videos and it's too much, right? And it's there's so much garbage out there. So you're concerned with, with the quality. Yes, I, I just think that instead of just saying, yeah, videos, where is that, man? So uh, <laughs> you gotta do videos, which is what so many people in broadcasting and in all media are being forced to do. Um, it's just too much and it's not good quality. And so, you know, is anybody watching these videos or would just is it just someone in, co- in a corporation saying, this is the wave of the future, man. You got to do videos, um, which I agree. But it's, because, you know, the business aspect of it, you know, like why there's a market for it. Mm-hmm. So to, sorry to interrupt you there, but I also want to know from like me and David are from different generations than you so what annoys you about certain video what are like some types of video that really just like make you go oh man why did i just waste 10 seconds on that yeah if you start off your video with hey guys (laughs) hey guys hey guys uh so like we're like um so my daughter um makes videos 
Right. And I think all kids make videos. The younger one or the older one? Well, both of them have, but okay. the younger one was really serious into doing them about two years ago. Okay. But they watch so much YouTube, right? Uh, so many YouTube videos, and then they they just emulate. And I, I couldn't believe that the kids were watching 10, 15-minute videos of garbage, like opening up toys. Uh, but there's no editing. There's no, like succinctness like we always say you got to make it tight you got to make it interesting these were not interesting videos but it was holding the the you know the audience of, they, of eight-year-olds again, again let's let's reverse engineer this because it wasn't interesting to you it's mm -hmm. not something that you wanted to watch but clearly it grasps their attention and whoever was making that video was providing value to your daughters they yes. were watching those videos and they were enjoying it it's just like it's just like how all things have been ridiculed over the years like you know radio shows i'm sure like your impossible question and stuff was ridiculed in the beginning maybe like who's going to listen to this who's going to participate in this right like there's everything's ridiculed it's just interesting to see like some things that we never thought people would want to watch they're watching like you said i actually found myself watching a 10 minute video on some guy spending was it like 500 dollars on a mystery box on ebay he paid somebody on ebay for a box that had a question mark on it. He didn't know what was in the box. And then he videoed himself opening it and posted it on Facebook, and I watched it. Where did that come from? <laughs> like Your sense of curiosity, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I'm just saying, like, who would have thought But then that? again, like, that's something they've created intrigue in the minds of, of yeah, the consumers. Yeah, so that's something different, as far as I'm concerned. So if, if now there was 800 more videos exactly like that would you watch all 800 of them though no exactly no. so you're more concerned with the 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 lack of authenticity of crap right <laughs> no and i'm and i'm totally with you there i think it's like yeah. i think it's more find the white space find something original if you want to stand out or even be interesting in general because you're totally right things will have their moments like no and i think it'll all it'll wash out but i'm just right like with anything trendy it's it tends to be by the time corporations are into it it's already not becoming as trendy anymore. And so unfortunately, um, a lot of people that are in network marketing I see lately have obviously been told video is the way to go. So they're all making videos. And they're videos that are not captivating, they're not interesting, and it's just white noise and it's just causing people, and I'm positive, I don't wanna sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I'm positive that the sponsored posts on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that are not getting the reach that they used to like they're doing something different and That's a world. I don't understand but I'm just noticing that just for my own one, one thing I'm actually noticing even more though is actually the the reverse the Facebook and Instagram are actually for people that are business owners and stuff like that mm -hmm. They're becoming more pay-to-play platforms My organic reach has substantially dropped in the past like six months on my videos and stuff like that I would get my, one of my very first videos I did, it was a contest alert where I gave away five lunches and I got, wow, your eyes just lit up there, Brian. Um, like, why wasn't that me? <laughs> why is there not a free lunch here is what I was thinking. <laughs> because I knew you would get a Big Mac after. Um, anyway, so that video reached 19,000 people mm -hmm. organically. I didn't put a dollar behind it. Then I would post you know, something similar and it only reached 8,000 people. Then I got curious, so a few weeks later, I posted a video with content, whether it was a giveaway or what, I don't remember, and I made it, I, I put a few, you know, 10, 20, 30, $40 behind it, whatever it was, I put some money behind it, and it reached almost 40,000 people. So they're becoming more like pay-to-play to, pay to platforms, in my opinion. If you're not gonna pay, the algorithms are kind of 
you know, shoving you out of the way if you're yeah. trying to get organic reach. So even if you've got hundreds of thousands of subscribers or likes on Facebook or Instagram, you, your organic reach is not going to be the same as it used to be. So what do you like most about What was the media? original question? Does anyone remember? Was it just, with, just do you video. Want to trade like, your phone I just or? wanted to know like what, yeah, that one, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Shelley. No, no, it's all good. I, I just, I love to, to hear someone from a different generation talk about these changes because like, you know, you said it yourself minutes ago that like you, you can't stand change and it, it is very oh, different for yeah, us, it's, right? It's hard, yeah. It, it is, it's tough. So like, do you see it as a positive or do you see it in a negative and, and why? Like, how do you see it going in the future? What would you like to see more of, of people um, making these videos, you know, especially from someone who's been in, broadcast for so long what captivates you with videos like what what type of qualities really grab your attention um i i think because i'm a broadcaster uh i think you have to have the ability to go on camera and not sound like you're a complete idiot right um and if you are going to sound like a complete idiot know that that's who you're appealing to that's your audience right and that's great i mean there's there's... Define sound like a complete idiot, though. Um, I mean, you start a, a video, you're you're not, you don't have a direction where you're going. Like, it would be nice if you had some sort of, unless you've been doing thousands of videos and you're, you know, you can like, like I can turn on the mic and I can talk. Um, but for some people, if they've never been on a mic before, they couldn't just open up a mic and just talk, right? They just don't have that ability. Uh, I've been doing this for a thousand years, so I'm I'm okay at it. It's the same thing I think with videos. Like unless you've made thousands of videos and you know what you're doing, you can't just like start making videos. Like it's just going to be bad, bad quality, unless it's a 10 minute video about a mystery box. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I, I think it just comes down to also like, what are you like? Are you nervous in the beginning? Because nervousness is one thing. Like nervousness can be sense and nervousness kind of mm -hmm. fades away, right? Um, but I think like for everybody that's listening to that maybe wants to start doing videos, I think what Brian's trying to say is like, make sure you know what you're talking about and talk about stuff that you know about because the, the consumers are gonna, they're gonna be able to tell if you are, you know, speaking out of your ass or like, you know, yeah. you're you're an idiot as Brian wants to call it. But basically like, you know, it, it comes down to just start. Just start if you want to be in this industry, if you want to do something like this, just start. Figure out the way you can communicate best, whether it's video, written, or audio, just start. And the nervousness fades out after a while. Weren't you nervous the first few times that you got in front of the mic? Not really. Or? Oh yeah. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Like so, petrified. Yeah. So it took a, it took a few times, but at the same time, you need to stick to your craft. And I'm sure you did. You you stuck to your guns. You stuck to what you knew. You didn't mm -hmm. venture out and try to sound like something you know something you weren't. Here's the difference though. Preparation, right? This is right. what uh, is making this this world of so many videos like ridiculous. Is that Anybody can go, I'm going to just put an Instagram story. I'm going to put up a little story. I'm gonna... People are interested in what I have to say. And so then they just talk, right? Maybe nobody is ever going to watch it. And I will click on videos, I admit, on people's Instagram story. And I'll be like watching it for a couple seconds. And I'll be like, nope. <laughs> right? Because yeah. uh, it's just not, for me, A, compelling. And I can just see that they haven't done any sort of preparation. They just think they're funny or they someone has told them they're funny. So for me, I sound very condescending here. If when I started in radio, I used to write out every single word that I said, every single word. Um, I think it would be the same if you were putting on a play. You you would do that. Stand up comedians, they don't just get up there and just like say, "I'm going to be funny." It doesn't work that way. There's so many hours of prep. How many how many time did you guys put into this? 
podcast, which is, you know, just evolving as it goes. There's prep involved. There's time. It's not just like, I'm just going to do a video and see what happens, right? It's that's, that's for me is what is the problem with it. So it, it, and that kind of brings us into another realm here. It's not, it's not just about... We're not talking about not, me anymore. It's, it's more about the quality, the quality aspect of it. Like if you want to be good with video, especially as the space gets more and more flooded, mm-hmm. um, you have to get creative, but you also need to be prepared. Yes. Like for me, the first time I went on and did those videos, it was like I did like 50 takes. Oh, and yeah. it was like, oh, crap, I have no more memory left on my phone because I've been doing these minute videos and, oh, crap, I screwed up. And then eventually it gets a little easier and then it gets a little easier and you look less and less awkward. So mm-hmm. so that's what you're trying to bring across is like if you're going to do videos, especially for a new medium, if you want to stand out and get someone like Brian's attention, you need to make sure that it's compelling, but show that you're prepared. Mm-hmm. Show that you're a professional. I think it all comes down to professionalism at the end of it, correct? Yes. But don't fake it. Is the other thing. no? Don't fake don't it. Fake don't don't be who you aren't. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, like I think I think Brian brings up a really good point is that we're gradually just like we did with the Facebook feeds. Everything gets flooded, and then all of a sudden, Facebook has algorithms to sort through it so that the more interesting stuff, the stuff with the more likes, comments, and shares, naturally pops up in feeds higher. Yeah. So that that is probably going to start to happen more and more with video. I can totally see it because videos actually grab more of your attention than written word will a lot of the time, oh, yeah. um, especially with the lags and cell phones or anything like that. You know, you got to pop up the video and you got to watch it, and it's a totally different type of consumption. And there's a broadcasting rule that says if you don't grab them in the first, um, like it's, it varies between five and 10 seconds, you're not going to necessarily hold them. They can That's switch, real. right? So it's, it's the same thing with a, brains. a video, right? Uh, but I mean, they've been saying that about broadcasting since you know since I've been involved in broadcasting. Um, so that's very simple with the radio. The the other thing is though is spontaneity. Like I, I say, prepare. But I mean, if you're so over prepared, then it loses something, right? It loses that natural, which is is also a huge thing with anything. Um, people have to relate to you. They have to understand that you're a real person. That you know, it's not just like, you know, reading something verbatim, which is why when I started on the radio, I was probably just like the worst because I was reading everything. And what I was trying to do was act and sound like I wasn't reading, but I had to have everything written out because that's what they, you know, they taught us in broadcasting school. You had to know what you were going to say. Interesting. So now with everything Now I wouldn't involved, write anything. Yes. <laughs> you're just all off the top of the dome, right? Yeah, I have Big a general plan where I'm going. Um, if you're doing like a, a bit, like I mean, the best things are where you have a general outline of where you're going to go, but then the punchline, it's it's coming out of nowhere. You know, that's always the best, I think. So now another thing that's happening right now is like everything is just not only is it on display, but it's being recorded and it's out there in the cloud or wherever it is permanently. We are just con- we're just completely exposed at this point. Like everything you say from now on on the radio or from when it started to be recorded like this, everything that you say is on display and it's around forever, basically. Mm-hmm. Anybody that wants to listen to it. How has that affected the way that you uh, you know, are on the radio or as a host or has it even affected you where you're just always just the same authentic person that you are? I don't think it's affected me. Um, honestly, that's a great question. I... I From my standpoint, I've never really, other than like things like profanity, um, which in my day-to-day life, like I have no problem swearing, but for some reason, if I'm in a studio or if I'm in here, I'm not going to swear. 
I don't know why. There's mentally, I just don't do it. If I hit you in the stomach, will I get it out of you? No. Oh, okay. Well, and that's the thing. Like you know, it's <laughs> we got to play to our audience as well. I mean, we always yeah. tell our guests, you know, this is unfiltered. There's gonna be some some f bombs dropped. Can here I say there. the f word? You can no. Do you can budge. Do you can if you want. No, I'm not going to. You, okay. Yeah, and that's it's the type of person you want to grab, though. Like, there's going to be people that will say it, and, and that's what this podcast is. This podcast is unfiltered, and, and we want it to be that way exactly. Like, we prepare for this, but we didn't tell you, like, oh, we're going to, at minute four and a half, we're going to be yeah. like this. It's because it's we want to hear your honest opinions, and the only way to really get those, I think the conversation has to morph. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to social media is morphing in the exact same ways. Things are going to start to capture attention differently and we're going to have to start to come up with different creative ways of dealing with it. So, I mean, you look at the stats of Facebook though. Um, like I, re- I read one this week that under the age of 30, the numbers are like dropping Yeah, under the age of 30. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Actually, that's very interesting because two years ago I heard uh, from a social media expert who, who helps build websites for, for, companies there's a neat job to get hey social media expert yeah it's interesting right (laughs) it sounds almost like comedic at this point yeah um and this gentleman was saying actually the older generation who is known by the public to tend to vilify social media more and more Mm -hmm. if you look at seniors over i think it's over the age of 55 or 60 they actually are on Facebook more. They average an hour. I think at that point, this was two years ago, it was going an hour and 26 minutes per day. They are on Facebook browsing. And young people, it's not the same. You do the little quick checks. Oh, how many people like If I get post? a notification, I, yeah. I will look. Yeah, but not only, not but only they that. They sit but on there, man. Not only that, but my conversions for ads and things like that on Facebook are or just, just even engagement for posts is way way higher it's not even a competition between the ages of 50 and 70 yeah uh and that's because grandma scrolls through her newsfeed nice (laughs) and slow dude my grandma always comments on my stuff it'll be like this little post about nothing and it's like good job shelby and then all of a sudden because she's commented it increases the engagement shows up in all her friends stuff and it's, it's 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 neat actually it's interesting to hear because you'd think that we spend the most but you know coupled with that the, the amount that we're on social media is declining for under 30s. Yeah. Hey, wait, let's, let's dig deeper into that, though, because it's declining in one platform, but that attention has to go somewhere. Yeah. So where's it going? It's going to the new platforms that are starting to become cool again. Snapchat. I think Instagram, Instagram has been huge. Instagram is huge. The, the craziest thing, though, is Instagram is actually bigger for women between the ages of 35 and 50 right now that's really? where my conversions are highest and that's where my engagement is highest and even activity like the ones that post the most are between the ages of 35 and 50 cougar selfies let's do a let's <laughs> do a competition self- right now let's okay. all take off our shirts take pictures and see who gets the most likes <laughs> i like it <laughs> i like it it's awesome it's a friendly competition yeah so i mean no, i love instagram um i don't scroll facebook i haven't scrolled facebook for years i just look at it if i get a notification right from my star friends whatever close friends oh i thought you meant like celebrity friends star friends i I was like wow brian you're you're my celebrity friend david yes i knew that (laughs) yeah it's exciting stuff so one thing i've really always wanted to know even from like back when i was listening to you in elementary school i just remember seeing this and hearing this last year yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) fresh out of elementary school now um 
No, so where what sparked No Pants Friday? What is No Pants? Oh. Why does why did that happen? And actually, tell know, the were, listeners were what born? No Pants what? Friday is. Um, no Pants Friday is just um, well, I'll, I'll just say I, it was just something silly to say, to be honest. Um, the great thing about radio and and podcasts is that you can't see the people. I know you guys you record these, but because of my hideous features, you decided not to video this episode. No, we had technical difficulties. <laughs> no, Brian, no, no, don't don't, don't hideous, sugarcoat it. It was Brian's hideous, hideous features. <laughs> so um, the great thing is theater of the mind. Like, I mean, people create in their mind what you're doing when you're on the radio. What, you know, it, that's what's great about it. Like, you can be saying anything. Groundhog Day. I always say I go on the roof. And we actually did go on the roof a couple years, but we don't anymore. It's usually in my office. Um, and I'll say, I'm on the roof of the station. You know, you can say whatever you want. It's, well, that ruins the illusion I'm for me. sorry, but you, you create it in your mind. You create what radio announcers look like. We used to do that with musicians. We'd create what they look like. We had this idea. We'd hear them on the radio, and we'd say, oh, I wonder what that person looks like. You know, everyone thought Elvis Presley was African-American before they saw what he looked like. Um, so in this day and age, um, it, it's very interesting to see that – with radio, like you can just create anything. So um, I said, no pants Friday. For some people, it meant I was not wearing pants. I was wearing shorts, you know? So that technically aren't pants. Yes, shorts, right? it's shorts. So, yeah. so it was just something silly to say. That was basically where it comes from, David. So no pants Friday. It was just something silly to say. That's where it came from. Like, yeah, I thought it would get attention. I thought it would, people would be like, oh my God, he's not wearing pants, you know? Or yeah. they'd so be when, did it, when did it start? How like what um, year? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was the first year I was here, so 1998. Wow, that was when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> did it start in go. January? Too? It was because of you. Tell me, it started on my birthday, January 7th. No, it, it would have been in the summer. Oh darn. Okay. The yeah. idea, though, January 7th is when it was hatched. Yes. Yes. That's that's exactly welcome, what I needed David. to hear. So do you still, that is one of those things that is not an illusion that you just say for the heck of saying you actually do not wear pants on Friday. He wears shorts every single Friday. Not in the winter. What? I have before, but I'm not, yeah. That's kind of hey, It sticks on though. I, yeah. I, I remember you not wearing pants even in the winter, Brian. Yeah, it was a couple of years I did. Okay. Yeah. It was a stupid, anymore. stupid times. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, David. But again, there's there's the illusion, right? Yeah, yeah. fair enough. I, I went in to see Brian one time on Friday, and I wasn't wearing any pants. I had to wear dress shoes and dress socks that day, too, so I looked like a, a very nice schoolgirl. Super attractive. Yeah, yeah. So you seem to really enjoy radio for the impact it has on people's lives. It's not just, you know, for you a paycheck. It You really want to make a difference in other people's lives. How... How has that changed over the years? I mean, sometimes when we start a job, it be it, it, we almost have an identity crisis down the road where it's like, ah, why am I doing this? Mm. You know, what is the sole reason? And we all have to look at our why behind the businesses that we're running. So it really seems like you like to connect with people on a, a little bit of a deeper level than just your voice and then collecting your paycheck at the end of the day. So what does that look like to you? You know, what, what are you involved in, in terms of charity stuff and, and how, how do you use your voice to really try and captivate your listeners? Um, well, I, I think that is one of the great things about, about radio and even, even social media is that that instant, like we can sit down for one day, minimal work, minimal prep. And we, last year we raised $80,000 in 12 hours for the hospital, like for the Women's and Children's Health Services Unit. Wow. Like there was no 
perhaps there was no major service club that dropped like you know thirty thousand on us that day. It was just all people dropping off money. I mean that that's it's incredible. That, yeah, and that has nothing to do with me. I mean we get some compelling stories on the air that that draws people in and. Sometimes it's just that people just want to donate and want to be a part of something, right? Um, so that's great. The radio station allows me to be a part of many different charities and MC events and stuff like that. So right. that's all fantastic. I, I didn't get into radio because of that, you know, humanitarian kind of stuff. But, I mean, it's, it's great that that's the way, the direction that it's gone. And I would hate to think of, like, local radio disappearing um, because of that fact. Because there's that there's the very few things that can, you know, grab that many people. And I don't think the thing is I don't think anything will really go away. Anything will really disappear because you start to see things go in cycles. I mean, like, you know, TV commercials came in and took out radio commercials, or you know, that was when they declared radio as dead. But did it really die? No, it didn't. It stuck around, and I think it's going in cycles where, you know. Video has started to pop a little bit more, obviously, as you said right now, but I think we're actually slowly going back into a more voice society. Mm -hmm. People are so busy that they don't have time to watch some some video that's useless and pointless, right? They, they want to listen to it while they're doing something else. So yeah. I think that's yeah. what we're starting to see more of. One thing I am curious about, though, is because you made the comment about when so, uh, Shelby said social media expert. Now, talk to me a little bit about what you think is going to happen to the, uh, the the job market. I mean, there's so many people that are saying, oh, with new technologies and stuff like that, are we going to lose jobs? Are jobs going to go away? And I mean, my take on it is that where jobs disappear, new jobs emerge. Like like mm -hmm. you said, if, if somebody said the term social media expert to you 15 years ago, you would have laughed them out of the room. But yeah. now it's actually, you know, it's a big it's a thing, thing that people are actually contracting out or whatever it is. There's lots of them out there. So what's your kind of take on that do you see technology coming in you know taking away some jobs and making new ones or what's your concept on that um i, I think you that is the concept on that is that you know everything is evolving unfortunately uh newspapers are at least the paper form of newspapers are, are dying television is dying um you could say radio is dying but i mean we haven't seen like huge drops um necessarily in radio but it wasn't as big as television was. I mean, television is just, I mean, it's so expensive to produce, and now everybody can make their own TV, right? Um, Netflix is set to, to surpass cable television really quick here, actually, yeah. in the next couple of years, they estimate, which is insane to think about. Like, yeah, Netflix has a huge viewership, but think about just the ads engine on all of the, the television uh, market it's insane uh, that's a massive massive shift mm -hmm. no it, it and it totally is but i think it's like i think the value in things like radio and tv are actually like you know the shows and the stuff that's behind it it's not actually people aren't going there uh, to listen to the ads they, if they don't tune them out they mute them or whatever it is the the value is actually the jockey the host mm -hmm. that's that's the person that's actually uh valuable the actual show that's on these platforms so people are becoming so adverse to like advertisements and things like that. So when they hear your voice, they're bound to listen because they know who you are. They relate to the value that you've provided them through the impossible question, through No Pants Friday, through everything. But so when they hear your voice live at a location or an ad or something, they want to go over there. They want to listen. Whereas, you know, maybe if they just hear some random jingle or something, they're like, oh man, not this again. Really? And I think it's, a, I think it's the same for 
um, for even TV commercials. If they see Dr. Oz pop up and start talking, you know, they're going to be more inclined to watch that rather than just some, you know, random stunt double or hired, hired person to do it. The head yeah. of our company, Bell, um, I mean, they're still making money from television, but I mean, she, she acknowledged the fact that she, she thought that television in the, in the future, and it'll be very near future, will all be app-based, right? I mean, your, your screen at home will just be an app, have different apps on it, and you'll just go to different apps to watch your different programming. Where you lose is, is news. Um, I mean, TV news used to be where it's at. Newspapers used to be where it's at. And we still might have newspapers, but it might be a different platform where you would watch it. Uh, it might be more video-based um, or internet-based, but it's it's just, you know, are we losing jobs? Yes, from the old-school newspaper idea. Um, of course. But there's still, I mean, there's jobs elsewhere. You know? I think I think the punchline is, is just what you were saying before, how you made yourself more valuable is you weren't just a host, you were a producer. So uh, starting to venture out in not just, even if you feel like you're secure in your job with what you're doing, uh, where you are, start to venture out and, you know, research on your own time or whatever it is, where the world is also going, because that's going to play a huge impact on, you know, what is going to happen in the future here. You'll make yourself more valuable automatically if you have those extra, um, extra traits, those extra skills. Mm -hmm. So Brian, like how, how do you think you're going to have to morph as your job changes, as the world changes? What uh, what things are maybe things that you're actively working on, or or things that you think you might have to like? Are you you gonna have to venture into video more? Are you gonna have to venture into um, social media management more? Like what what do you see your job changing as moving forward, just in the next five years? Um, I honestly think uh, because of the video is the best thing ever, and everybody needs to be making videos. I I think <laughs> that. Um, I think the job will just continue to grow that way in terms of there will have to be more of that video side of things. I'd be interested to see in terms of radio because I work at a music-driven radio station. Right. So um, there's not a ton of talk. It's mostly music. The morning show, which I do, has the most talk, and we're still not talking that much. Um, I can see... Uh, I mean, if, if it's going the way we think it's going to go, um, that maybe there will be more talk and there'll be more focus on, hey, these are local people that have interesting things to say that I want to listen to them. And maybe it's not so much about how we have to play 13 records an hour yeah, because people are tuning in for music because they can get music anywhere. When CDs came out or even cassettes, um, everyone said, well, radio's dead because can, I can listen to whatever I want in my car. You know, and now people can listen to whatever they want on their phones, in their car, on their computer. You know, they don't need radio for music. So maybe it'll be music and maybe a little bit more morphing in terms of allowing us more to show our personalities. Right. Rather than just being so heavily formatted, which is a radio term, whereas, um, you know, minimum 10 songs per hour. Um, don't talk for longer than 30 seconds. I mean, all these rules have been put in place over the years by radio. You guys wouldn't know about this stuff, but this is kind no, of that's kind of cool to hear behind the scenes, though, like mm -hmm. how that works, you know, like the kind of parameters that you have to stay within. You think those are going to shift? I would hope. I'm, my thinking is that that just to keep it alive, right? There has to be something to keep it local. Um, if it's not local and impacting people in that way, where there's people that they know that right. they can relate to that are making a difference in the community that are going out there and volunteering and stuff like that. 
what is the point of it? You know, if it's just a music box, I can get a music box anywhere, right? And I think that's, that's great. That's such a great point. I think that's a. I think that's such a valuable uh, concept of where the world is going and where the white space is, because where radio needs to go, you're totally right, is not the music aspect. More music, fit in a few less commercials, talk less. The value where people tune in. I basically only tune into the radio during the sunrise show to listen to you because I enjoy hearing you and Betty talk. Mm -hmm. I just really do. I, I enjoy hearing what you have to say, hearing your jokes, whatever it is. That's why I tune in. And I'm definitely not the only person that's like that. Because like you said, we have apps. We have apps in the cars now where you can just hook up your phone through Bluetooth. So the moment you yeah. step foot in your car, it's automatically linked and your music starts playing as soon as you turn on the engine. So if you want to listen to music, listen to music. If you want to tune into the radio, do it because you want to listen to the valuable information that's being spoken on there. I think radio's falling from the platform where we listen to music to the platform where we get our news, our valuable information, and they need to go more all in on that, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I, that's, I totally yeah. agree with you. That's a lot of where I'd like to see it go. And whether that's by tweaking the, tuning it to find the right FM station or whatever it is, or maybe going to something more modern like the iHeartRadio app where you listen to the one that's local and maybe it automatically switches whenever you go into a different area and you listen to that local station's news and information. Yeah, I think iHeartRadio has, what, 200 um, Canadian radio stations on yeah. it and, uh, what, like a 1,000, like just music streams if you just want to listen to music too, 10,000 podcasts. Yeah, it's it's insane. That's, that's a great point actually because I agree. Like I, even from... A young age like as soon as I think I got my first mp3 player grade 7 something like that that's when that started um, so really like you know my mom would kind of passively have Sun FM in the background you know like all the the pop tunes of the day would come on I was just buried in my own music mm -hmm. and but at the same time when I woke up in the morning um, I would wake up I think I woke up at 5 like 558 so that I could listen to the 6 o'clock news and it would be the voice. And I, I always wish that there was more news at the end of it. Ah. So if I'm, you know, giving you any feedback that you might be able to relay to the, the people making these standards and, and hopefully we get some of those people listening to this type of podcast is I would like to hear a longer news feed. I would like to hear more about what's going on in the community, even stuff that's a little bit smaller. Like, for example, when the Sprouted Fig opened, like I would like to say, oh, you know, local shop is, you know, just got taken over by this guy and his mom. And there's mm -hmm. just like a story there. And we did I talk to David. More. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. But even like, like. But just things like that where it's, it's, it's condensed. But then I know, oh, there's a new restaurant in town. I don't have to like drive by it a month into its infancy. And, you know, I just want it to be like more localized so that there is a reason for me to tune in. Otherwise... Yeah, I'm sorry. Like Apple Music for me is a regular. I don't listen to the radio much unless I forget my phone or something mm -hmm. like that. Or but I'm... now you will, all the time, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm brainwashed. Right, Shelby? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, though. It doesn't have to be necessarily like a newscast, right? Right. So right. that's that's backwards thinking, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. I mean, we do news. Um, I mean, it's it's traditionally every half hour you do a newscast. Um, but then so many people are getting their news elsewhere, so then we cut down on our news. Right. But it doesn't necessarily have to be like headline news. It could be news like David has just bought the sprouted fig. 
We're getting lots of plugs for Sprouted Fig here. Yeah, no, I, I, I was thinking <laughs> I was Remax, Remax, Remax. Yeah. Shelby. Shelby Bouchard. <laughs> Specifically Shelby. There's like 75 realtors in here. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Sun <laughs> FM. No, but what I'm, what I'm even thinking of is almost like going off of what you said, Shelby, but even like branching into like, for example, I had two young kids that were going around East Hill today, and they shoveled my driveway so that I could come here a little bit quicker. So... Just mentioning like little things like that. When you hear something good, when something good happens to you, call into the radio. Brian answers, hey, 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 what are you going to tell me today? And then I'll be like, hey, this guy, like Roman and Peyton, they shoveled my driveway. They're two like 10-year-old boys, and they're just going around East Hill, and they sh- they're shoveling people's driveway. It's awesome. Go support them if you can. Otherwise, just keep an eye out for them, honk your horn, whatever it is. But hearing those community stories, that's what people relate to. It's not necessarily totally. the news. The news is cool. News is important. But just stories in general. I want to hear more stories. Professionally delivered. Yes. Yeah, yes. maybe that. Maybe that's wink, true, wink. actually. Yeah. It's not just about news. Because, yeah, you're right. I guess that is kind of backwards thinking. It's more about the story attached to it. Yeah. Professionally produced, of course. So. Well, Brian, this has been an absolute pleasure. Is there anything else that you want to leave the listeners? Are there any questions that you have? Do you want to ask them a question? Maybe hear what they have to say? Um, I, I think the only question is something that has come up at the end. Like, what would people see like to see from from local radio you know like what what do they see like even if they you know wherever they may be in the world um that would that would be interesting to me because everybody has their opinion and, and all i hear about is music 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 but i don't yeah, think, like we want to hear this song or something yeah i don't think that's what it's about music is not the future because again music is somewhere you can get on spotify apple music if you pay the little fee you don't even have to listen to like the brief ads so exactly music is being commoditized now i think like i said i think the stories are are where it's at but yeah let's uh let's hear some feedback and also if anyone from bell is listening forward this to your ceo cmo cto whatever it is oh the lights are out again i guess that's our cue to cut awesome thank you everybody for listening thank you so much brian for joining us in the uh, studio today and uh yeah i hope you enjoy your big mac yeah and i just wanted to say like thank you Brian for coming on. I think this was kind of nostalgic for for David and I, and I think it will be a fun episode for for Vernon people in particular to listen to because we hear your voice all the time in in a in a general format, and I think they get to hear a little bit more of who you are. So I really want to thank you for for coming on with us, agreeing to have this conversation. This was a lot of fun. We had lots of laughs, and and this is the reason why David do David and I produce this podcast is just to make sure that that we're getting the voice behind a lot of these businesses because that's where the small town connection comes from that's where small town wealth is really born from so i uh, wanted to say thank you so much for for making it such a fun episode awesome thanks for having me guys and this is really cool you guys are doing it yeah awesome much thank success you. yeah thank you sir Hoorah. Hoorah. <laughs> awesome that was literally the funniest episode we've had that was awesome, awesome. <laughs> It's about that question. I'm just like, honestly, like that's kind oh, of no, something I'm a, curious uh, about. Like, a good, I know where you were going. It, with the it created it created great content, but it's yeah. just like, it's like yeah. that was my favorite thing to ask people. I was like, would you like, how how addicted are you to your phone? <laughs>